reign in righteousness. We just thank God for the people who are here. And Lord, I'm asking that you bless us today. We want to hear from heaven so that we can understand uh, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And Father, we thank you for your instruction and your correction because your word says that you love those that you correct. And so, Father, we bless you. And we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about freedom from our past. You know, past, um, well, I guess I should say past relationships. There's a lot of singles in here. And, you know, past, uh, uh, even past victories. You know, because sometimes, and I know I've done it, we live in the past, our last past you know, victory, and you want to hold on to that. But I found out that's wrong. You rejoice when it's time to rejoice. You let that go, and you go on to another victory. Amen? Amen. So we need to learn how to let go and move on and press on to the next um, exciting thing that God has for us because this is a great day to live for God. I mean, there's things happening now. I mean, there's been and there's going to be uh, some things that are not so much fun, but the good thing is God's going to bring us all out victoriously. Amen. Like never before. I think we're going to see God show up, show out like we've never seen it. You know, and I'm talking about those who have been uh, saved for 20, 30 years. I think we're going to see God's greatest victories. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we're living in those days. So how do we get freedom from our past? How do we get freedom from failure and pain, condemnation, embarrassment? How do we get free from our past? And this is what the Lord showed me by knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Knowing your self-worth. Amen. Amen. See, when you know who you are, when you know whose you are, when you know what was done and understand the cross, Calvary, and what was done for you and me, then you'll accept uh, the past, leave it in the past, and you'll move on. Where God is is still going to do great things in your life. I don't care if you messed it up. He's going to do great things for you if you let him. See, this is the kingdom where it's... uh, uh, everything we're free number one we're free people god has made us free the bible says he who the son has set free is free indeed and so god has allowed us to make choices so we are we're always supposed to make the right choice and the right choice is always jesus amen whatever you do right or wrong it's always jesus we always come back to the cross. If you know how to come back to the cross voluntarily, you won't have any problems. But it, it calls for knowing who you are, knowing and understanding how much God loves us, and receiving the finished work. And that's, you can go home now. Because <laughs> that's the answer. Understanding the finished work at Calvary. Amen. Praise God. We need uh, a new life in Christ. And this is what's needed when you get hung up in past failures, when you get hung up in past, uh, just a bad past. You know, some people have a very terrible life. 
and it's hard to you know they wear it every day and it's hard to live out of the newness of life because if you are born again you have a new life but sometimes we go back and we keep pulling back that old lifestyle so a part of um, knowing who you are and trusting God and and uh, going back to the cross and what Jesus did for us you know partaking of him and what he did part of that uh, it, that's part of it knowing and partaking of what happened at Calvary. Let me put it like that. But the other part is coming out of the old, living in the newness of life, by renewing your mind. Everything that you hear is going to say that. Because how we think keeps us in the past. You know, you can get born again. People do it every day, and, and they feel good for a few months. Ooh, and I got born again, and I loved God, and people of God and everything is wonderful and then something will happen along the course and it's happened to all of us and then we start living in that past life because Satan don't want you to forget it because he knows if he can get you to start thinking the way you used to think feeling the way you used to feel before you got born again he can lie to you because he builds a a platform or a foundation on the inside of our minds And so he'll lie and lie and lie until he'll make us think that we're that dirty old sinner that we used to be. Amen. And see, that's how condemnation and guilt and shame, that's where that comes from. It it comes from how we think. And so it depends on what we accept and what we believe. Amen. Hallelujah. As to where we go from here. And so we need to accept the cross, accept the finished work, because it was completed. It's, in other words, we have everything that we need to live a, a new life. We don't need, Jesus don't need to do not one other thing, because he finished the work. It is finished. It's a finished and complete work, and he's done the work on the inside of us. But, you know, that's why you see sinners, uh, Christians, Act like sinners is because they don't believe the finished work. They don't believe that they have a new life. They don't believe that they have a new man, that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so they keep living the self-life, and that's what we call it. The self-life is when you live like you used to live. They keep living the self-life because they don't understand the finished work and they don't partake of the finished work. See, there's a partaking and a knowing that you can have uh, of the finished work. In other words, what happened to Jesus on that cross, you can partake of that. And then you never forget it. Amen. It's just like you sat there and you watched and then you got up and you did like those other two sinners. You you were nailed to a tree too, right beside him. Are y'all here? And so there is a finished work that we can get involved in. And it's a a spiritual work that you can partake of in Christ Jesus. Knowing, and it, it comes from intimacy and relationship. Knowing what he went through for me and you. And it's not that he did it for a group of people. He did it for me. And then he did it for you. 
If you were the only one on earth, he'd have still went to that cross for you. And you got to believe that. And I found that when I started to understand that and feel like, you know, one day I, I was, this is when I was first getting born again, again. I don't remember how many, <laughs> my fourth or fifth time. You know how you ain't sure and you go back, you know. And I don't know which time this was. But I know each time God expressed himself to me in different ways. And, and Jesus spoke to me on the inside, and he said, if you had been the only one, I still would have went to that cross. And, you know, I've been saying that ever since then. I found out in later years, he's told that to a lot of people. He's told that to all of us, but I didn't know it. But I had that understanding that if I had been the only one, he would have died for me, just for me. And so this is how we all should feel. You should feel like this is a personal thing between you and him. Like you, this is, he's your friend. He's your savior. He did all of these things for you. And see, this is how we embrace what happened at the cross. This is how you embrace the finished work. And so condemnation and shame and all of these things is going to come. But you have to know what to, how to process it and what to do with it. He took our pain at the cross, our unworthiness, our condemnation, shame, guilt, pain. He took these things, the Bible says. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Amen. Because he was punished for our peace. The Bible says he was punished for our peace. Hallelujah. So if, if the, in other words, the payment for what we do wrong, the payment has been paid. Amen. So whatever, say for instance, if it was a, a, against the law to lie, then Jesus would have paid the price and we wouldn't go to jail for it. So the payment has been paid for whatever it is that we do wrong. So we don't have to pay it because it's been paid. And he paid in full. He didn't leave any money due. You know, how you pay a fine. Jesus didn't say, well, I'll come back next week and (laughs) pay the balance like we do. (laughs) You know, some courts, they have a payment plan. Anything to stay out of jail. But when you're dealing with Christ, you get out of jail free. Isn't that wonderful? He exonerates each and every one of us. That doesn't make what we do right. It just lessens the burden, and it gives us an opportunity to love him, appreciate him, and get it right the next time. Amen. And not let a mistake um, cause us our whole lives. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's embracing the cross. Isaiah 53, let's see, verse 4. And it says, surely he has borne our griefs. That's our sorrow. And carried our sorrow. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. So he was punished or chastised on the cross So you could have peace about your sin. 
about what you do wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. And by his stripes, we were healed. Every stripe that he took on his back was healing. No cancer, you know, diabetes, all of that stuff. He took every stripe. You know, I, I, <laughs> I was in some meeting and this lady was uh, the lady that leads prayer. I think we were at Women's Aglow or somewhere. And this one lady went and she, she raised her hand later and she says, well, what about the ones, you know, how many stripes he took? Well, what about all these new illnesses that's coming out? <laughs> and we say that's all included. Anything that they can come up with is in the stripes. But you'd be surprised what religion will say to you. Well, that when a new disease come out, and that's been over 30 years ago, so I'm sure, you know, they got a whole lot of new ones. Just look at the TV. But he, the, the work that he did on the cross was finished. It was finished. A finished work. So that, amen. And so that's for anything that can come up, anything that man can devise. Because I know when I was a little girl, people just didn't get sick like this. They had every, you know, they had everything. You know, they used to call it a, um, what is that when they used to have pain in their joints? Uh, uh-uh, not you. Well, you know that's the proper word, but they used to call it am. Come on, Miss Am. Chuck, you don't know, and it, you know how you would have joint in your pain in your joint, and they would put tonic or something. They always had something, and you would be fine. Nobody ever went to the doctor. I can't think of what they called it. But anyway, when you have pain in your joints, not a big deal. But they always would come up with something. Now they're calling it, you know, whatever. All of these names. And I think back then it was arthritis, but they have so many names for it now. It's so many different pain pills that give you cancer, lung disease, heart attack. You know, so the, the, the symptoms from the medicine is worse than the symptoms. I mean, the, yeah, the side effects from the medicine is worse than the symptoms. But back then, they didn't have all that stuff. And they didn't have all these names. They didn't have all these diseases. Because people were more dependent on, on God and that finished work back then than they are now. Amen. Limbago. Y'all ever heard of that? Come on now, y'all heard Limbago and all this other stuff. That wasn't it. Something like that. Yeah, they, they called it all these other things. But, you know, but we knew what we, yeah, but we knew what it was. And they, you know, and they would go with it, like, but they would rub different tonics. And I'm telling you, they would be great. They had uh, oil for everything. Amen. Okay. Oils are symbolic. Even now. Hallelujah. So this work that Jesus did in Isaiah 53. It's a finished work. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. You need to underline that word, our peace. He did it for us, not for him. Because he could have left that assignment like people leave their assignments today. Every day they walk away from their assignments. And he could have walked away from his, but he didn't. Amen. And by his stripes we were healed. Amen. So we need to know our self-worth, which is in the eyes of the creator, really. You know, nobody knows our self-worth but God. 
Amen. He always gives us high scores. He never puts us down. No matter how bad we get. Amen. The author and the creator of the universe. The author of life itself. He's the one that judges our life. And he always say not guilty. He always says not guilty. We are never guilty in God's eyesight. You are not a criminal. You know, and God doesn't want his children treated like criminals because we're not criminals. We're free because we've been set free. Amen. So let's go to Psalm 139. Hallelujah. Psalm 139. I think it's verse 1. God understands us. He knows us. He created us. But but he's sometimes the last person that we go to even for a healing when we know him. We know that he was bruised for our iniquity. You know, wounded for our transgressions. All of these things, we understand that, but he's sometimes the last person. Or we'll go to him and man. Amen. And may the best man win. And it's not right. You know, but what he did for us was a sure thing. And then, let's see, 139, 1, it says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And you you know my sitting down and rising up. See, in other words, God knows what time you're going to go to sleep, and he knows when he's going to wake you up. You understand my thought afar off, and you comprehend my path and my lying down. And are acquainted with all my ways. See, God knows us inside and out. So what we do is not a surprise to him. Amen. You never catch God by surprise. Never. Because he created, he knows what he created. Amen. It says, let's see, where am I at? In six. Oh, four. It says, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid my hand upon me i hope you're paying attention you hedged in (laughs) or you get it tomorrow it says such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high i cannot attain it where can i go from your spirit or where can i flee from your presence if i ascend into heaven you are there and if i make my bed in hell behold you are there And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness as the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inner parts, and this is the one I want you to understand. For you formed my inner parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. See, God knew us before we were even born. So you're not a surprise. We are not a surprise to God. Amen? We're not a surprise. And he has the answer. He has to be the answer for every problem that surfaces in our lives because he formed us. Amen. 14 says, and I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And this is what all of us ought to say about ourselves. Amen. No, no shame and no, you know, now when I'm, I'm saying this, and I think I need to say this for the young people. When you mess up, repent. You don't just go on like you didn't do nothing wrong. That's not what I'm saying. See, I'm like some churches, they're going to tell you it's all wonderful. It ain't because you know it ain't. But when you repent and cry out to God, you get up and keep moving. Amen. You get up and you keep moving. No, and don't let the devil put condemnation and shame on you. Amen. Because, you, you know, he's trying to hem you in in a box. And you know what happens when people live like that? They wind up making the same mistake again and again and again. Because the devil will put you in a box where you figure you can't live any other way. Y'all understand that? And that's why this happens sometimes, you know, whatever it is. And I don't care what it is. You know, you can go from job to job. That was a bad job. I got fired. And then you, the devil will put so much pressure on you, you go to the new job. Fresh start. Then the same thing happens. New job. See, that thing will follow you because that's the kind of spirit of condemnation and shame. And so we have to break that mold. You break. How do you do it? You do it with the finished work. Understanding the finished work. Amen. Hallelujah. It says in 14 that we're wonderfully and fearfully made. And it says, marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Amen. Marvelous are your works. So if we are wonderfully and fearfully made and marvelous is his works, then we're marvelous. Amen. Every one of us. We are marvelous. 15 says, my frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written the days fashioned the days fashioned for me and then as yet there were none none of them how precious also are your thoughts to me O god how great is the sum of them if i should count them they would be no more in number than the sand. Then I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O oh Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them, I count them my enemies. And this the 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 um, psalmist is saying those enemies of God, not his next door neighbor. Amen. Those enemies of God. In 22 it says, I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart, and try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen. And see, this is a person delivering themselves up to God because he's been attacked by enemies. And these enemies are enemies of God. But God is, will teach him. God taught David. David knew how to go to God and, 
and lay prostrate before him and just pour himself out. And you know why? Because of the cross. See, we get that same, we get to do that same thing because of the cross. David walked with God, but we can walk with him too in our lifestyle and in our life because of the finished work. You don't ever have to carry around pressure, problems. Give them to God. You know, uh, David wrote uh, most of the psalm out of uh, a heart of of um, emptiness, you know, and he, he just poured himself out to God. And we need to learn how to do the same thing. Amen. And so the, the thing that I want to you to understand is verse 14, that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. By divine design, God has made us. So we're not mistakes, and I think God wants us to know that. And so we need to stop trying to find people to validate us when God's already validated us. Amen? You know, we want people to to, to let us know and to treat us differently and, and make us understand who we are. That won't come from people because God won't let that work. God won't let it work. You get your validation from God right there in verse 14. We are wonderfully and fearfully made. Marvelous are your works. Amen. We are marvelously made. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. And so get your validation from God for who you are. Amen. We need to fall in love with Jesus and receive what Jesus did for us at the cross. And see, if you fall in love with him, you just, you just cry out to him like, like David. All of this, this writing in Psalms is him pouring out. Somebody was always trying to take David's life. He was in the, in the, in the lion's den. You know, he fought Goliath. He faced so many battles. You know, but God always came through for him because there was this pouring out. Because he knew God. And he got to know him, and he took God under his confidence. He didn't put man before God. And then if that didn't work, then he picked up God. But he was faithful to God. Amen? Amen. Our sins and wrongdoing was already paid for, and it was fulfilled. It was a finished work. But see, there's an enduring the cross that we have to do. And if you, you would do that, most people think that's kind of strange. But, you know, although Jesus endured the cross, there's an enduring that we can do also. Amen. Even though Jesus fulfilled the work, there's an enduring that we can do. That we can go to God and, and, and pray and get to know Jesus and partake of what he went through. Amen partake of the cross and you know what that does for you no matter how many times you do it it will cause this this condemnation and all of this hurts wounds even when people have defiled you it will cause that stuff to lift and be removed just like he went back to calvary again and again and again you understand and this is how people get free of burdens free of hurts and wounds you know it's wrong to walk around with those things every day but people do it and live a lifetime of anger and and then those most of those people are the ones that wind up in jail because they refuse to go and meet Jesus at the cross. Amen. At the foot of the cross. And this is the thing. People fear rejection of Jesus won't reject you. You know, it's like he, he did a spectacular thing for you. Now, why would he come back and reject you? It will never happen. He won't reject you. 
He loves you and he's waiting for us to come and and sit at the foot like Mary did. Mary took her hair and, and washed his feet with her hair. And see, she did that because she understood where he was headed, what was before him, because she partook of his love. See, if you love somebody so much, you'll do whatever you have to do to lift their burden. And she was, in a sense, lifting his burden. And when the woman with the alabaster box opened up that oil, see, these people had a a personal relationship with Jesus, amen? Some before the cross and some after the cross. But they had a personal relationship with him on the inside, in their hearts, and it's a knowing that you get from praying and partaking. And knowing that he, and trusting, see, trusting is what makes this, this uh, relationship developed but it's called intimacy and guess what we're going back to that whether you want to or not that's going to be the only way you get a prayer through is as you know and if you're married you 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 pray with your spouse you know and i'm gonna tell you another thing praying at the table before you eat is a good way to start it's a perfect way to start your prayer life with your family members with your significant other and you can pray and and god will intervene and he will help and he will show himself strong on your behalf but there's a a part that we have to do we have to know that jesus died for us because see to, to some people it's just a fable a story a story about this man that went to the cross but this is real it's real life and he did it for you and me and not just for us but he did it for mankind and not just for today but forever until the end of time his crucifixion fiction was once and for all amen it was for today tomorrow until the end of time amen so he paid the price the veil of separation that's when it was torn when jesus went to that cross in other words there's no separation between us and and him we can get to him over the smallest things you can get to him when you at a stoplight in your car instead of road rage you can call on jesus i'm just saying you know you don't have to live on the edge anymore you can call out to him amen hallelujah and we're now able to access his face. We, we can access him face to face. And it's called intimacy. Hallelujah. So get rid of this condemnation and fear. Fear has been nailed to the cross too. So if you live in fear, you need to just go to Jesus. And, and there's, you don't have to be a great person. All you have to do is love him enough or trust that he loved you enough that he'll accept you. Amen. Because he's done the work already. He's died for you already. He just wants to get to know you. So we need to submit to him in love. Because we are his righteousness. You know when he died for us, he, he said righteous. He, he made us righteous. See, we're guilty, but he made us righteous. Amen. He made us righteous. Let's go to First Peter 2. First Peter two. Oh, uh, let's see, verse 
First Peter two twenty four. Hallelujah. It says, who hit, well, let's go to 23, 22, who commit, committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. And this is talked about Jesus. 23, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. We need to try to do that, too. And it says, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously so when you're when you're accused you submit yourself to god because god is a righteous judge and god will vindicate you verse 24 says who himself bore our sins so it's the same thing we just read in isaiah he bore our sins hallelujah in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness so that's why he did it if you get confused he died for your sins so that we might live for righteousness that we we might live for him it's a it's an even exchange amen by whose stripes you were healed so live righteously this is his hope and then don't forget that by his stripes we were healed amen and so this let's go to romans 8 You know, this this Bible fits together like a glove. I might have to uh, to get yours. This is my my bad thing. Romans eight one. When you get it, Avis, let me know. It says there is therefore now no condemnation. See, this is the thing. We need to stop looking at our lives from a natural standpoint. Stop looking at your life through natural eyes. Stop looking through at other people through natural eyes. Amen. We need to get rid of pride, arrogance. We need to get free. See, if you're going to get free from past failures, from hurts and wounds, first thing that's going, you got to get rid of. The first thing that needs to go is pride. Why? Because pride is the reason you're in condemnation. Amen. Arrogance and shame. That's pride. Amen. And the Bible says you get in pride first, then you fall. And so you have to get rid of that. That shame, listen, shame, condemnation, uh, embarrassment, that's pride. That's what that comes from. A humble heart just melts at the feet of the cross. You know, in private time, you don't have to do it in front of nobody if you want to, but you, you can't be acting arrogant and prideful in front of people. You can't do that because that's, that's called double living, living a double life. And let's see, Romans 8, and it's the Amplified, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. And that means no judging, no guilty, no wrong. Because God is judged as faithful. You see, he took the, the wrong. And did away with it. Amen. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who live and walk not after the indic what is that? The dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So in other words, well how do I live after the dictates of the spirit? By getting this getting your thought process. Cause see as a man thinketh so he will walk. You're gonna walk 
the way your mind and your thoughts lead you. So as a man think, the body follows. So if if you're going to walk in the newness of life, you got to think differently. And that's why we keep making the same mistakes. We don't ever change our thinking. And so when you fall into shame, guilt, and condemnation, it's because you don't think any different. So you have to change the way you think. Well, how do you do that? With the Word of God. Amen. Because the Word of God is like medicine to your body, to your mind. That's Proverbs 20, 20, 20 or 24. It, it heals your mind. It heals how you think. You're not going to change if you don't change how you think. Because let me tell you what happens. The word works on you for a little while. Then when in your lonely times, here come that thought again. They don't like me. They're talking about me. That's the latest. That's for Christians. That's all they think about. Is who talking about them? Because they talk about everybody. Because they're in anger. They're angry because they think they think nobody understands them. And so God has given us all the tools to get free. He says, when I went to the cross, it was a finished work. And so we don't have to walk in condemnation and shame. But it's in here. It's in your mind. And so if you want to walk differently, you got to think differently. Verse 3 says, well, did I get there? Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life. See, there are spiritual laws to govern the kingdom of God. And so it says, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, and that's the law of our new being, has freed us from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do. Amen. Because the law, see, there was no power in them tablets. <laughs> Stone don't have power. Amen. So there was no power in the stone. Amen. It says, for God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh. The entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh and subdued it, overcame it, deprived it of its power over all who accept the sacrifice. So in other words, did you, did you uh, partake of the sacrifice? Did you partake of what happened at Calvary? You know, it's different than knowing and reading about it and memorizing the scripture. But did you actually go to the cross? You know, when we were little, uh, remember when we used to have that uh, Easter program every Easter, Tony and you guys? And they used to have an Easter scripture. And it always talked about the tomb. Who who rolled the stone away? And see, I I was in a traditional church, but I got curious. That's how I learned how to go to the cross. Amen. So don't ever despise small beginnings. And I used to have to help my kids remember their Easter speech. And I got curious because I wanted to know who rolled the stone away too because I didn't know. (laughs) And as we started to read the scriptures and read those little little programs and, and, and understand it, yeah, Easter, uh, Easter peace. I never liked saying that. 
but you know, Tony learned his Easter piece, Mac didn't. Okay, <laughs> just gonna tell you, and he still would get mad at you right now if you tell Mac he forgot his Easter piece. <laughs> He's gonna get mad. But anyway, you start to relive these things, and you start to understand because kids are so inquisitive. They're gonna ask you, well, "What?" And I didn't know, but I found out. And so through studying the Easter piece. You know, I learned about the partaking of the cross and what Jesus went through that time before and after and him being raised up on the third day in all power. Amen. How people didn't even recognize him. And those friends of his, Lazarus and his sisters that labored over what was going on and, and the disciples that were so worried and they were so surprised at him coming back in all power. Amen. And so you, this is how you start to partake of what happened. And you get to know it, and that thing will get in your spirit. You want to know more, and you want to know until you get to the place where you witness, like you witnessed it, because you were right there. And that's what it means by partaking of the cross. You witness it because you, you, it's on the inside of your heart. Are y'all here today? Amen. Now I think I explained it as best I know how. Started with the Easter piece. Amen. But it went on, and it, it, it taught you how to understand what was done at Calvary. And, and this, that, that whole thing, that love, will start to surround you because it had to be love. The reason he did it was no other reason. Because he could have, he, he said, see, this is what people think. They think because he said, take this cup for me, that God forced him. He didn't force him. He said, but nevertheless, he did a Peter, you know, in the boat. I've been out there all night, and I didn't catch nothing. But nevertheless, at your will, freedom. Freedom to make the right decision. And so we have that same freedom, amen? And so we need to just make the right decisions. And God will back, Jesus will back you up because that finished work will back you up in your right decisions every time. Hallelujah. So freedom from our past means a new life in Christ Jesus. It's picking up the cross experience with Jesus, picking up that experience that he went through in his love. Because when you totally understand, this is what changed hearts. This is what get drug addicts free. Amen. The cross and how powerful it is. And that love, because it's nothing that comes out of that but pure love. The love that he shed for you and me. And that's really what he did. He shed his blood for the love. Amen. And we experience Christ and what he did. You experience by feeling his love. Amen. And see, when you're in the flesh and you're in condemnation and you're in shame and guilt, you can't feel nothing. All you want is that pressure off of you. That's all you want, because when I'm like that, I just want to be free. You, you don't want to go through the cross. You don't want to go through it because you don't really want to feel better. You're mad, you want to stay mad, and you just want to, you want it to be un, unloaded. But God, you know, you can always go back to the cross even when just walking every day. It's called walking in the Spirit. When people walk in the Spirit, the cross, you walk the cross every day. You know, it's, and you don't have to be burdened of the weight of the cross. 
We're not talking about the weight of the cross. Are y'all here? We're talking about the effects of the cross. Amen. The goodness of the cross. The freedom of the cross. The weight of the cross has been has been done. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Did we go to Ephesians before? Hallelujah. So the weight of the cross is not upon us. But the effects of the cross. And, it's, and we're enjoying that. Amen. Ephesians 1, 17. Hallelujah. So the, the, the answer to pressures, amen, the answer to uh, condemnation and, and getting free from the past is a new life in Christ Jesus. Where you revisit the cross, some of us for the first time. Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. See, when you get the wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of Christ Jesus, you will not live in condemnation. That right there can save somebody's soul if they will take the time to read that scripture and let it feed them. Amen. You will not walk in, in, and I'm not talking about walking in arrogance. Like, I didn't do nothing, and I dare you to even look at me funny. I ain't talking about that. That's called flesh. I'm talking about truly walking free from all condemnation, all feelings of guilt, all hindrances, because you know that you know that you know that Jesus loves you and that you were wonderfully and beautifully made. And that you are God's masterpiece. And that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And you, it's a knowing that you walk in knowing that you are forgiven. And that if people love you, they will do exactly what Jesus did. They will forgive you too. Amen. And it doesn't mean that you have to just go around hurting people and don't say I'm sorry. You go and apologize if you're, if you're living in the spirit. See, when you're in the spirit, when you walk in the spirit... You don't, it, there's no shame in, in, the, in the righteous game. There's just no shame. And it's nothing for you to go and say, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know or I didn't mean that. I didn't, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Can we move on? It's just the daily thing. Because we're going to get on each other's nerves and we're going to hurt one another. Don't make you a bad person. But people who don't want to uh you know, repent and say they're sorry. That's pride. That is pride. And pride comes before the fall. You have to get out of pride. Amen. Because that's a spiritual thing. It's nothing for us. You know, when we do what we're supposed to do, we're done. But when you walk in pride, that is a spiritual dilemma. And the only way you can get out of that is through the cross. Amen. And so 17 again, that the Lord of our Father, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And that's what we need. See, when you go to the foot of, the Jesus, of Jesus, when you get to know him in intimacy, this is what happens. Verse 17 and 18. It says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. In other words, your eyes open to the truth. Your eyes open to who you are. You realize that you're just as good as anybody else. You're better than the sinner. And you're better than the angels. 
And God thinks highly of you. Amen. See, when the cross is a good thing for us to go back and visit all the time because it puts us back where we need to be. Amen. With God. Hallelujah. So it opens the eyes of our understanding. Amen. That we may know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? In other words, what did it profit us for Jesus to go to that cross? What what did it do for us? It's supposed to in, in what's that? Infill us or um, put put on the inside of us the riches of glory, the riches of God. What is glory? Is the power of God? So that cross put something on the inside of us. And it's the power and the glory of God that we will reign with him, that we live above circumstances. See, this is what causes us to live above natural circumstances. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you live above circumstances. You don't live in your circumstance because of the blood of Jesus. Are y'all here? Hallelujah. And see what it does is it leaves us. It's an inheritance because we are worthy because he died for us. And it's exceeding greatness of God. In other words, the fullness of God goes on the inside of us because of what he did for us on Calvary. Is that making sense to y'all? Hallelujah. And what does that do for us in natural living? You live above your circumstances. Your problems are over here and you over here. Amen. Because you know God is working it out. And sometimes we get weak and we get tired because we ain't nothing but clay. This is clay. Clay gets tired. Clay gets weak. Clay gets old. You go to God and get refilled. You get reassured. Amen. That's what prayers does. Prayers reassure you that God is still with you. And that he's going to do everything that he promised. Amen. And so the Bible calls it an exceeding greatness because there's nothing like it. Amen. Hallelujah. You ain't never ran into this in the store. Verse 18. It says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's when the cross becomes so crystal clear. And you wonder, why didn't I know this before? And all of a sudden, your problems melt because now you're dependent on God. And you're not just a carnal person, but you're also a spiritual person, allowing God to come in through the blood of Jesus and the finished work and set you in a better place, a better frame of mind. You don't think the way you used to think, amen, because you have partaken of the goodness and the richness of God. Amen. Because the, the, he gave his best. See, Jesus was his better part. Amen. And he went to that cross so that you can sleep at night and not be worried and tossed and turned. When you do that, you need to repent and get in the spirit of God and go to sleep and sleep peacefully. Amen. Not feeling arrogant like, I did it, but God's going to take care of it. Let me tell you, that's what this grace thing is that's going around. See, grace doesn't make excuses for you to sin. That's not what grace is for. Let me tell you something about grace. Grace 
walks with truth. You heard grace and truth. Jesus is grace and truth. That's who he is. That's what he is. And people want to cut off truth and just take the grace and say, I don't have to repent. That's what's going on. Now, isn't that what's going on in the kingdom? And it's it's people leaving churches because they don't get any um, support on grace. Because they want grace, like grace can go and repent for you. Grace, that's not what grace is for. Grace enables you to keep moving, you know. It's a, grace is the power, but it's a supporting, it's like a supporting power because truth has to come in there. It's just like a crutch. Grace and truth. And that's Jesus. Jesus is grace and truth. But they forget about the truth because they don't want truth. They want grace. So they can say, well, I got grace. And then if you don't agree with it, then you're a grace hater. And that's not what it, that's not what it is. But I'm telling you, people are not being fooled by this. There's a lot of people that are not being fooled. Honey, tr- grace is a part of truth. And you can't separate the two. But when you hear these grace messages, they never, do you hear them saying tr- about truth? But back in the day, we used to hear about grace and truth. Because it it is never separate. It's married. Can't separate grace and truth. I've just been wanting to say that for the longest. You can't separate grace and truth. You're going to accept grace. Well, you know, I got grace. And, and you, you know, if you say, well, that's not right, well, then they put you over into the category where, well, you're, um, you don't like grace. That's because you're harsh. And whatever else they, you know, mean, you're mean, and you don't allow us to live out of what God has provided. But, you know, Paul didn't use grace like that. That's why he, God allowed that thorn so we can understand what grace is. When, G, when he asked God three times to remove that thorn, God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Didn't have nothing to do with allowing him his sin. Grace enabled Paul to keep going on that road and preach the gospel and not stop because grace gave him a push and a shove and it enabled him to keep moving. Amen. But it didn't, because truth was with that grace. Amen. Grace and truth don't separate. But see, he, these people want grace because they think grace means you, I've been forgiven, I don't have to repent. Well, then what was Calvary for? See, making Jesus less than who he really is. It's just crazy. See, the devil works under current. You got to be really, really, you got to have some discernment to know what's going on. But it's the spirit of grace and truth. It ain't the spirit of grace. Spirit of grace and truth. <laughs> ain't that the way we were taught? Spirit of grace and truth. So tell the truth. And they ain't telling the truth. Well, we got grace. We living out of grace. And then they'll say, well, you living out of the, the law. That's what they say. You live, I'm not living out of the law. I'm living out of grace and truth. Amen. And out of the power of the cross. 
Well, I know I'm forgiven. See, if these people knew Jesus, they wouldn't try to make up something and make grace more than what it is. They don't know the cross. They don't understand the cross. They don't understand the work of the cross. Y'all following me today? When you understand the work of that cross and the power of, of his, what's that word? Rex, the power of his resurrection, these people wouldn't get hyped up over grace. That's why people call it hyper grace. Because they found some, that little beavis and budhead light went on. And it's just a way out of repentance. That's what it is. Because when you endure the cross... And when you embrace the cross and what happened at Calvary, you you repent for the Lindbergh baby. You know, because you're so humble toward God. It's like, God, if I did anything, because you know the power of the cross. You know the power of that blood. It washes all things clean. It makes all things new. You ain't running from nobody with this hyper grace. You, You don't have to hide. You're not ashamed and you're not afraid because you know that it was finished at Calvary. It is finished. And it covers every mistake. It covers every because it gets your heart right towards God. See, the blood of Jesus cleanses your heart. It it, It doesn't open a door, a closet door for you to hide your sin. And I'm I'm dependent on grace. We're free. And then they'll they'll say, well, you know, this this is what they say. Well, you know, they're they're uh in the what is it um you know the opposite of the of the the law. They'll say, well, you, that's the law. Don't even understand anything. That's the law. Well, the law was done away with when Jesus went to the cross. What are they talking about? You see, people. It's called this. And then they'll get on Facebook and start talking about, well, you know, that's, that's the law and you don't want, re- you know. Then they'll say that's witchcraft because they don't even know what they're talking about. If they knew Jesus, they wouldn't use words like that. Because, honey, Jesus is the answer. You don't have to go through all of that stuff. But grace and truth is what's going They're married. And you can't separate them. Just like trying to separate husband and wife. Well, God is joined together. Let no man put asunder. You can't put asunder grace and truth. Well, I got grace, so I don't have to repent. I don't have to worry about that. That's not what grace does. Amen. Grace makes things possible, and it enables you. It enables you to open up your mouth and say, forgive me, God. <laughs> Amen. So Paul, Paul, when God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, he meant it will get you through. You you ain't dying, Paul. You'll make it. And when I get ready, when I feel like your heart is right, and when I feel like you are ready to be released from that thorn, I will take it away. But it will not kill you. When I feel like your flesh is subdued, because that's what it was all about, about his flesh. Will you go off and boast about the power that you walk in? You know, see, only only God knows that. We don't know those answers. You awake? Amen. Wake up. This is good stuff. Sit up and go to sleep. <laughs> Amen. Wake up. 
And so, you know, this is what Paul did. Paul, he, he was able to keep it together because that's what grace did for him. It, was, it made him able. It was, it's an enabler. Y'all got to. So don't accept this grace, this hyper stuff. Say, no, grace is an enabler. It keeps you together. It's power. It's power. But it's, it's not what, it, it doesn't go to the cross and repent for you. It don't do that. You go yourself, don't you? Oh, and I got a little messenger here. Go tell God I'm sorry. It don't work like that. And what about mercy? They leave mercy out too. Grace and mercy. Man. And I don't think we all understand the total thing. But you know, we're we're getting there. But it's all what it's all this is a heart thing. Condemnation, guilt, it's all a heart thing. Anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, it's a heart thing. And the cross, the blood of Jesus sets all of that stuff free amen hallelujah praise god i'm almost done did we do 19 okay so i'm gonna go back up in 18 that we be enlightened see this is when the light bulb is coming on that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The riches of his glory of the inheritance of the saints. Amen. And what 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? You know, the fullness of God. Wealth. The wealth of God. In other words, it's like this. God is putting all his wealth at the cross. What the blood did is put the wealth inside of us. He just... All of his wealth and riches is just in, in you know, shh, infused. That's the word of life. <laughs> infused on the inside of us. Well, we don't have to use grace like a crutch because we know it's there. Amen. With, with truth and mercy. Amen. You don't have to depend on uh, one thing. And, and think you're, you're forgiven if you don't repent. That's just like, that's, you know, some people who were very knowledgeable of God start saying there was no hell. That's, that's the road. They went down, had a problem with grace. And now they, they're saying there's no hell. And that's this the start. That's those things. They start from a seed. And so if we let this thing go and let people think that's the right way to think, when all you got to do is go, see, they're trying to X out the cross. All you have to do is go to the cross and repent. Repent for what you do wrong. That's why Jesus' blood, because, see, he's already taken care of it anyway. It's taken care of. But that doesn't mean that you don't open your mouth, because repentance is the same as salvation with the mouth. Amen. It's a faith mouth confession. And when you repent, you got to repent with your mouth. You got to say to God, because he ain't going to read your mind and send grace to help you keep quiet. That's backwards. I'm telling you, it's a lot of people on the wrong road. 
especially young people. But you never, ever not say, God, Jesus, help me. I'm, I'm sorry. I love you. I don't feel love. Can you show me you love me? Just a simple, and he will show you he loves you. But you got, that's got to come out your mouth. Repentance is the same thing. It's, it's, if you can get saved, salvation, same faith. Repentance takes the same faith. And it's very easy. But you don't let that slide under the rug because I'm telling you, it's a, a world that we don't want to live in when people go around thinking that grace is going to repent for them. It's not good. Let me finish 19. And what is the exceeding greatness? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? It's the fullness of God. Where you walk in the fullness. Amen. In other words, more power, the power of God infused on the inside of us where we walk according to the promises of God. We walk in the newness of life and we don't live in condemnation. We don't live in guilt. We don't live in shame. Is it making sense to anybody? Hallelujah. All right. So let's see. I can feel you want me to move on. See, you know, when you start talking across, you get a lot of, you know, you, you know how it is. You get a lot of that stuff. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. The, the cross is powerful. Amen. And as long as you, you believe in that cross and you believe in the power of the cross, your life is going to be wonderful. You'll live a wonderful life. Amen. Hallelujah. But knowing and accepting that Jesus loves you and that he died for you, he died for you personally. Amen. Because he loves you. But you got to fight the strong man. And this is what people need to know. What strong man? Strong man in your mind. Not the strong man of your city. <laughs> Not the strong man in your, your town or in your municipality or whatever. The strong man in your mind. Because that's your enemy. That's your enemy. And you have to learn to fight it. You have to fight to pay attention. You have to fight to get it. You ever notice how the first night of the conference, everybody's charged, but by the second or third day, it's kind of dull. Because fatigue hits you, and you get dull. You got to fight to pay attention and fight. It's a fight. That's nothing but the devil. Devil want to put you to sleep. Devil want to make you tired, make you don't want to work, make you don't want to get along with nobody. It's all the work of the enemy. But that's what the blood of Jesus, he died so we'll have ammunition to fight. Amen. Fight it. You have to fight it. Because, see, it's not so much that, you know, it's a bad thing. But it's what's coming next when that door is open. Amen. It's what's coming next. 2 Corinthians 10.4. It says, For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is not strongholds of your city. Now, back in the day, I used to think that. Because you do pull strongholds down in your city. But verse 5 tells you what verse 4 is talking about. It says, casting down arguments. Not arguments of your, your, your councilman and your president. <laughs> Some arguments in your head. Just 
Just saying. The arguments in your mind. That's going to come. And it's called that religious mindset. That's going to come and tell you that ain't right. But that's a matter of opinion. It's all, it's, see, the gospel, the kingdom is black and white. It ain't about Mr. In-Between. We shot him. So you're either for or against. That's why the Bible says let your yay be yay and your nay be nay because there is no in-between. You can't compromise with the gospel. It's either right or wrong. You're either for or against. And so it's those arguments in your mind. And that's what keeps us going around and around when it don't have to. Amen. Hallelujah. So you got to pull down, cast down. It's the warfare in your mind. That's why it says in verse 3, for we walk by, we walk in the, we don't walk in the flesh. But we do war according. Let's see, what does it say here? It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. Because it's a spiritual thing. So then people say, oh, I'm going to take up my armor. And I'm going to do, you know, put on my breast, pray to righteousness. All you got to do is read your Bible and get the crazy thoughts captured. That's all you got to do. That's what you do. Because that's what this is about. It's about the warfare in your mind. It's about dark versus light and the darkness trying to make you think that the kingdom is something that it is not. Amen. And it wants to make you think that God is mad at you. And that he's not going to forgive you when he's already done it. Well, how do you know? Because he sent his son. And it's already done. But you can't depend on grace to go before God. It goes with you. But you got to go with it too. Amen. You got to open up your mouth. And you got to talk to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's just that way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Not in the flesh. In God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's like this. Lining up your thoughts. Coming from, come from over there. That's not right thinking. Line up with God. Man, we all do it. But it's built in. It don't take you three or four days to pull your, your thinking in, in line with God. Amen. Because people will rub you the wrong way. But it don't take a long time to say, okay, I got this. I know what this is. And you repent first, and then you pull your thinking in line with God. And you keep moving, and then you find out the problem ain't as bad as it looked. Amen? But you got to cast down, overthrow, destruction, destructive thoughts. You have to pull it down. With what? With the Word of God. Can't do it with nothing else. And see, that's the other thing. We try to do it without reading our word. Crack open the Bible. Because hearing, faith comes by hearing. But when you you need healing, (laughs) you got to read that word. 
because you got to meditate on it. Amen. You got to meditate on the word. It's got to get from from here to here. Because, see, it's a lot of word up in here. Memorized word. And we need to memorize. Don't get me wrong. We need to know the word. But we, we need to know how to fire it back like an arrow. Amen. Like Jesus did when the devil was tempting him in the wilderness. He didn't just, oh, I'm Jesus. He, he, he know me. <laughs> he know me. He know what. He fired the word. Because he knew that was the only thing that was going to stop that crazy person. And then the Bible told you, and he went away for a season because he came right back. But the harder you hit him, the longer to take him to come back. And all you got to shoot him again. And, and hit the bullseye with the word. And, and the less your mind is messed up with carnal things, you sh- your shot will be sure. <laughs> your shot will be sure the less carnality you have to fight through the hit to aim and fire. This is real stuff. This other stuff, it ain't real. I'm sorry. Because, you know, God gives us all sufficiency. And he's given us the power to bind and to loose. But what's the use in everybody who do it? They'll tell you it don't work. Don't work because of your mindset. You got to make yourself think right. Amen. You know, when I used to work at a, a mental health facility, and I used to hear the psychiatrist telling the people, they say, well, when you get tired of thinking of that, you'll think on something different. True. Because by the time it wear you out and you're going, you start thinking differently. And they, and they pay for that kind of advice. You, you get tired of thinking like that, you'll start thinking different thoughts. Carnality tells you. Not to, <laughs> not to trust God. It's going to be the same old way. Nothing's going to change. But the spirit side of you says, go to God, sit at his foot again. Try it again. Go deeper. Go deeper. Carnal thinking and a carnal mindset won't allow you to fellowship with God. Now you can go to God. But that carnality is going to try to tell you he ain't listening, he ain't home today, you know, out to lunch, something. But you have to override that, thank you. Override it with obedience to the cross. That cross will never turn you away, telling you. Never turn you away because it's good stuff. So cast down, your fight is with your mind. It's not with... Anybody else is with your mind. And what do you do? You, work, you live out of obedience and submission. If you're arrogant, it's not going to work for you. Repent of the arrogance. The, not you got grace. God understands. Repent of the arrogance and then go back in. Amen. God won't reject you. He didn't reject you the first time. You couldn't get in there because you was all, you had too much flesh. No flesh will glory in his presence. That's how I know that's right. Amen. I feel you. Amen. <laughs> Second Corinthians, let's see. What else do I have? One more scripture to give you. Romans 8. 
Let's go back there. 38. I think that's my tore up page, Avis, so I'm going to need that again. Oh, I, I got that one. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. In other words, demons can't. Evil can't. Amen. Hurts and wounds can't. Amen. 39. Nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Now see, your love, now listen to this, it says, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the love of God is in Christ. For those folks that's trying to, you know, trying to skip over the cross, because grace covers that, the love of God is in Christ. Y'all here? Amen. Amen. The love of God is in Christ. Hallelujah. And that'll take care of condemnation. Take care of past mistakes, past hurts, past wounds, bitterness, unforgiveness, unrest, unjust, unjust, justice, whatever it is. The cross will take care of that. Ephesians 3.16 says you have to be strengthened by might on the inside in your inner man. Strengthened by might. In other words, allowing Christ in. In such a way that it cleans, it wrote or roots your life. Amen. And that's what we need, especially with the days ahead of us. Got to live closer to God than ever before. The way to do that is through the cross, through the blood of Jesus. Very simple. And, it, and it's so, so simple, kids know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? They just say, I love Jesus and, and Jesus loves me. You know, and as they sing a song, I heard Jonathan singing, Jesus is my Savior. He loves me because he died for me. And he just ran it all down to me. And I said, okay. And, you know, he was ministering to the guy that uh, Pat had hired, you know, and we found to paint. And he was ministering to him. Because he was like. <laughs> and every time he would do that, he'd shoot another shot at him. I was enjoying it. So you just see God's God's in control of this whole thing. He'll use a kid to minister to whoever he wants to. Amen. He shoot another arrow. He died for me. He he loves me. He's so wonderful. You know, because he died for me and I just laughed. It was he was getting me too. I said, Okay. Amen. But God will give you beauty for ashes, according to Isaiah 61. Read this stuff. Write it down. Read it when you go home. Beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. Double for your trouble. God just wants to bless us because this world is dying. And we can't put our faith and our hope in the world. Got to put it in Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and the Bible says that we're supposed to smell like... Um, our aura, our smell, is supposed to diffuse sin in the world. 
because we have a sweet fragrance, sweet aroma to God. And that same fragrance diffuses sin. Amen. You know that scripture, I think that's in, in Romans where it talks about condemnation. There is therefore not no condemnation. And it says that we diffuse the, the sin of the world just from your fragrance. And it's a sweet fragrance to God. God loves us. You got to, this is something you got to, you got to tell this, you got to undo what's up here and make us, it's always going to come back until that thing is broken. And see, you're trying to break years and years and years of guilt and people, you know, not treating you right and rejection and that stuff with, and, but God will disfuse that. Amen. The blood of Jesus sets all men free and we need deliverance in every way. Amen. Some, some one way, some another. But I'm telling you, you don't have to live with guilt and shame anymore. Amen. Because Jesus paid the price for you. He loves you. You owe him nothing. Amen. It was a free gift. And it, but when you receive it, he, he pays us off with righteousness. He accounts it. God accounts it. To our righteousness, he puts more righteousness on your life. Amen. And blesses you. That's how blessings come in. Because we believe. Amen. So why don't we finish. Father, we thank you so much. We praise you. Hallelujah. We bless you today.